we invited you because you are the bright minds that kind of got jobs. And for me, it was almost like I fell into it. I was like, oh, well, yeah, give it a go. Um, that's how easy it was. And it just seems to be getting progressively harder. Jamie's Jamie's finished now, haven't you? You're, about, you're going to finish in a matter of months. Um, at the end, yeah, yeah. And like, it just <laughs> seems to be getting worse. He looks, he looks yeah. tired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm still actually recovering from the application two years ago. I've just, just managed to get over it. Uh, I think with the application, when I got the offer, it was almost bittersweet. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, well done, you got poor training, and then, and then, and then, obviously, like there was like a for ten seconds, like oh yeah, amazing, and then after ten seconds, I was like, oh god, I've got two years to just now do this all again and apply for SD three. I was just like, yeah. oh, just yeah. another mountain to climb, and it was poor training is just like an absolute circus. <laughs> no, it's good, it's good, Helen, it's good. You'll have jobs. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not trying to put you off. What I'm saying is the, the best way I can liken it, it's like, you know, when you get on a plane and you've got a ticket and the ticket says, departs London, like London Heathrow arrives, JFK, New York, right? And you start here and you've got to end up here. But the, the whole the whole seven hour period, like you're flying, <laughs> is not really, it's not on the ticket. And it's the same in core training. There's a journey that you have to go on. It's not very well mapped out. It's just you start here, you end there. That's you just get you get yourself over there. It's quite a good way of putting it, actually. Yeah. All right, you should get going. Yeah, let's do it. Hello and welcome. My name is Assad. My name is Jamie. We're two surgical trainees in the north of England, and this is the podcast that aims to dissect, to probe, to anatomize, and analyze what it is to be a surgical trainee. Welcome to It's Always Sunny in Surgery. Okay, so um, this evening we're talking about getting into core surgical training, um, and we have two very special guests with us who are at various stages in the sort of early years of their career. Helen and Queso, guys, would you like to introduce yourselves? Um, I'm Helen. I am currently an two in Yorkshire. I have done all my training in Yorkshire, and then got into core surgical training and the application this year. And I've got a CST job in Yorkshire starting in August. Oh, congratulations. Thanks very much. You um, sighed as you said that. I, <laughs> we've had a guest on this podcast previously who, just like you, did dentistry and then medicine, and they've ended up going into vascular. Which I <laughs> so you, I don't know whether acid has this effect on people. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, dentists. Listen to that episode. Gobble, gobble, one of us. We <laughs> accept you, one of us. No, 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 no. <laughs> Yeah. It's very nice to have you on the podcast, uh, Helen. Um, okay, so what, what brings you here? Uh, so, yeah, I stumbled upon your podcast, uh, I think, last month. And uh, ever since then, I've been a big fan. Funniest comment or part of it when I was listening to it. Sorry, I will introduce myself. I just want to, I wanted to highlight this bit. There's one of the bits um, you're talking about, um, the things we do, like the extracurricular activities throughout core training or to get into core training. And one of them was like, oh, talking about getting into research. 
you know looking for an excel spreadsheet and i was literally looking for an excel spreadsheet as you said that. i was like this is just this is my life this is unacceptable <laughs> <laughs> the, the pain is shared essentially i've got my research excel spreadsheet running in the background so uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? it's actually it's, it's never my... ending is yeah. yeah. i actually yeah, have to yeah. close mine because it takes up too much bandwidth <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no so I, i'm a course surgical trainee first first year at um at the east of england um hoping to do general surge colorectal yeah but and thanks for having me i have to apologize to you all because like we talked in the previous episode my entry into core training was just kind of on a whim like i got an email and i was like uh, yeah right i'll see how it is and i went for my interview and it was very relaxed uh, and then i got a job and then i'm still here it's just getting harder and harder and like you know, they trialed the SJT on my year. We just finished finals, and then the invigilator came up being like, listen, everyone, we know you finished, but uh, there's this new exam that the GMC is bringing out called the SJT, and they just want to see if uh, if people, how they feel about it and how they, it reflects selection into training and whether or not it's applicable. We'd be really grateful. That means you're staying. We'd be really grateful if you could do it after you've finished your finals We'd really, really wink, wink, nudge, nudge, appreciate it. And we were just all so, like, pissed off. I think we just sat in front of the computer and we were just like, grab the mouse, turbo click, A, 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 B, 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 C, 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 can we go now? So I think our year has got a lot to to apologise for. So I am truly sorry for the misery that the... 2011 cohort inflicted on the rest of the profession. <laughs> yeah, you're not forgiven. The, <laughs> the <SJT laughs> I'm war criminal when it comes to certain things. These are war crimes I've committed. Uh, everyone always says that it's a kind of like a, a random number number generator, <laughs> and I think there's probably an element of truth in that. Um, I remember when I had an SJT. It was like a training workshop where they tried to go through some questions. The invigilators got into a massive argument about what the right answer was because they couldn't agree. But now, of course, they've added more to that. So after you've done your SJT, now you've got your MSRA. And that's yeah. new from when I did it. I only did it two years ago and I, I didn't have to do this. But you guys, I mean, Queso, you applied I, I, I last year it. and they sprang it. that on you last did year. Not have, I did not have, no, no I, it was MSRA I didn't have to do. I can talk um, about the joy that has been this year's application. I feel like it just looks like a real, like, you know, like a train crash. I've just sort of watched from the sidelines this thing unfold and no survivors. The thing is, they, they, they can add all this stuff. They can make it as difficult as they like. But just keep the admin part of it. Just just do the admin correct. Send the emails out on the due date that you say. You know, I've heard like people were given an offers by mistake or stuff like that, and it's it's, it's insane. You're just 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 if you're going to make our life that horrible, at least at least <laughs> make sure yeah. the admin process is sorted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a bit abusive relationship with Ariel. Literally, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> just checking constantly. I mean, like, it's, no, it's traumatizing no. mentally. It's fatiguing. You're just like constantly refreshing. Oh. I feel like Ariel is the Chris Brown to your Rihanna, isn't it? <laughs> no text back (laughs) don't text back punches you in the face and then 10 years later gets a tattoo celebrating the time they punched you in the face yeah I think this was the thing that I was most disappointed with because when we 
when I did it, it was right in the middle of COVID and we were the first ones to kind of do it um, online. There was every deadline, there was a delay. Every time they said they were going to do something, you know, release the offers or whether it was um, uh, release the, the slots for the interview, it was delayed. And they there was like a point where they were emailing us like four in the morning saying, oh, sorry, we missed your email. <laughs> we'll, we'll email you sometime tomorrow. Um you know, if if we had been, I think the, the the main point everyone was making is if we had done that, we would have been ejected from the application process. We've got some listeners on the JCST, so I'm not going to say anything that rocks the boat because they'll will end up in the dustbin. But uh, I feel like if they nominate host deaneries to conduct the process, can they please just? I mean, I don't know which deanery is good at it, but just find a deanery who's you know admin people are firing on all cylinders there's no accountability yeah yeah and i think the the i thought my year was unique and i thought it was because of covid i thought you know it's just a difficult time everyone's you know um sort of in a mess at the moment but then the next year i saw the same thing happening and it was all over um twitter and reddit people were sort of complaining about the same issues and then this year again the same problem (laughs) And I just think, I think you, we, we've just got to like warn people who are applying to core surgical training now, like it's going to be a mess and you're not, all the deadlines are going to be messed up and it's going to leave you sort of disillusioned and traumatized at the end. I kind of came so. to expect it and I was pleasantly surprised by the ST3 process that it was, although not perfect, reasonably well organized. So I think if you go in with a different kind of expectation, then manage the expectations. Yeah, 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 I think that's the, the, the trick. But that's the MSRA again, because you can people apply for everything now because you've got to do the same exactly. Exam. Oh, of course, yeah. Once you've done it, you might as well cash. It. You might as well apply. Yeah, <laughs> like I've met people that were doing because you have to do it for obs and gynae, which you've had to do for a while, and anaesthetics and radiology, and it used to just be GP, but now pretty much every specialty you've got to do it. But it counts for more in theirs, is what I would say. Mm. Or is it only counts for like ten percent this year? The thing about the MSRA is, it seemed to me like the consultants were even more annoyed about the fact that they were asking surgical trainees to do the same exam as GPs yeah. um, than the than the applicants were. I remember there was one consultant who was like just going livid about it. Um, <laughs> I, I personally think that it might be scrapped. I think they, they've they've made the decision. I think they won't do it straight away because then it looks bad. But I think they might slowly sort of phase it out. It's 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 it. They all they might replace it with something that's more surgical. But then, because the annoying thing with it is that, it, I mean, it's fine. It is a very much GP, peds, obs, and gynae questions. Mm-hmm. But you do have to do some work for it. It's free, so that's a huge positive. But then when you think you have to spend time doing that, when actually you should be spending time for like MRCS, I think it's, I think it's probably a- laziness. They need a discriminator. And they'll go, well, <laughs> we'll use this with everything else. Some point. It, surgery and radiology, they're kind of the same thing without any real kind of thought. It's an easy tool in their arm, in their armory. They can just go, yoink. Yeah, it's lots of data, isn't it? But I was going to ask what's changed in the... Because now with the self-assessment, has the criteria in that, like the actual application stuff, changed? Last time I checked, so the little things that changed. So when I um, started, they changed little things, like they'd ask for um, 
two cycle audits all of a sudden, which is a really weird thing to ask for. They just allocated points for things like take doing the um, MRCS. And then I think they got rid of that a year or so later. I don't know about Queso, did you? The so MRCS was yeah that that didn't count. Uh, yeah. I think I think either it was you have to pass it or, or 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 I think yeah I can't remember. I think yeah. I don't I don't think it counted at all. What one thing the only one the only piece of advice I can kind of give with with the self assessment bit that portfolio bit is they do they do follow a similar pattern every year mm-hmm. in the sense that QI and audits that's where the main the bulk of the points are usually. If if you if you do that and you close that loop, you've already got a nice chunk of points. If you manage to publish a case report, if you manage to publish something or get your name in a paper, that's also another chunk. So like these like the that that uh, leadership. So be part of like um you know junior doctors foundation committee or be part of you know. And if you do these little things throughout F one F two, and granted, I'm pretty certain a lot of the people who applied would have done stuff throughout uni as well. So, you know, members of societies, all that kind of stuff, they all count. And if you dig through your, your, what you've done throughout uni, you can, they can count as points, especially for like things like leadership. So leadership, QI, research, these all, these three things, they all follow that pattern each year, I'd say. Yeah. And you touched upon um, leadership. That is quite important. Do they still do the leadership speech you have to give? Yes, yeah. Um, I don't know if they had did they they still do yeah, yeah, the presentation. Yeah. God, I hated yeah. that because you have to remember it. So yeah. I, I, I that was the thing I really struggled with. And they only released the 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 title two weeks before, so you have to yeah. write it. It's always a similar title. It's like tell us about something you've done with leadership. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember I I panicked that I was gonna either overrun or forget my my lines. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa, whoa. Can we just go back? Leadership <laughs> presentation. Oh my, oh, I said you missed out. It's the best what thing. The flip. So, <laughs> I, I, I started mine with a quote from a movie. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really weird and it's kind of hang awkward on, as hang well. On, hang, on, hang on. This is like, <laughs> what is this? I thought this was like a, a joke. Oh, I wish it was. No, it's not, Asad. No, it's not. Yeah. What leadership so, so, presentation? No, so you get two minutes. You've got to give um, a, a, a verbal presentation. No slides, just you talking to the camera. You go over two minutes, then you lose marks. Um, and if you go under two minutes, you've got to lose marks. So you've got to sort of time it perfectly to land on that uh, two-minute mark. Um, exactly two minutes? Yeah, pretty much. And, and you've got to talk about something that you've done in leadership. And, and you've got to try and make it special. You've got to make it stand out amongst the crowd. It sounds like some X-Factor... BS yeah. like did they sit there with little buzzers going ah. my my interviewer fell asleep during mine. I was yeah. <laughs> they, all do. they give you a quick so my question was something like describe a time that you've uh had a role in leadership a leadership role and how will it help you as a core surgical trainee? I think that was yeah. on my mind. It's always yeah. very it's similar. similar very similar, yeah. 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 They, they they can't think of a better one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You are that's part of like the leadership management station. And then they ask you questions on your follow up questions. Tell us about a bad leader. Yeah. Everyone really wanted to mention like whoever was leading the core surgical training process. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all this thing, it sounds like a, a dodgy, like a bad LinkedIn post. That's what it always yeah. sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I feel myself doing it to try and see what it would look like. <laughs> exactly. And honestly, I, I was broken. 
Yes. I'm actually quite concerned looking back on it. But honestly, I say because I was so worried about remembering it as well. I kept like trying to go over it and over and over again. I, I do remember walking down a street late at night in Southampton, talking to myself this speech, and I swear a police car <laughs> slowed down, rode down its windows, thinking that I had some sort of psychosis. <laughs> Don't mind me, officer. <laughs> Helen, inspire me. Can you? Can you be the one that inspires me? I can't. I, as soon as it left my mouth during those three minutes, it's now gone forever. Yeah, it's quite hard because then it has to be like snappy enough for you to remember it all. Thankfully, I'm hoping they did this for you guys. It's the first thing that you do in your interview. So you can like sit in the little waiting room on Teams and then go in and they're like, do your presentation so that you can just like go Bleh, and then it's done. And then you can just carry on with the rest of the interview i'm literally stunned like i can't what what bearing does this have on cst you think you like you walk first day into into your first elected list and give them a rousing speech and just goes (laughs) you you can do this case oh a presentation i do think it's about resilience i said i think if you can put up with that shit (laughs) (laughs) that's a a strong point that is a very good point So we've talked about a few different things, like audits and stuff. Well, actually, let's go back to audit. What it? What kind of audits are good things to do then? Like, what's a good audit for, for someone who's in foundation to do? I knew you guys were going to say this. It really doesn't matter. You could do the worst audit in the world. As long yeah, as it's two cycles, true. it's Very fine. True. Oh, is it? They don't, they don't ask you about it in the interview. They don't... Um, yes. Surgical team in two cycles, that's like maximum points. VTE audit. Or, oh, really? Okay, uh, okay. Oh, that that's nice. Yeah, and the change could be so simple as well. So, like with a VTE one, you could, you know, you'd say one of the changes you did was a sticker on a patient note and it, and like a green or red sticker and say, "Have you checked VTE?" For example, and then redo the VTE and see if everyone's VTE has been prescribed. Isn't putting a sticker on everyone's patient. That's that's the advice I give to people. Yeah. The, the other thing is, once you start getting into complex audits, because a lot of audits, like when you're trying to come up with intervention becomes mm. quite political when you're yeah. trying to get people to change their practice often they don't want to and so if you keep it something simple where like putting a sticker in the patient's notes you're not gonna you know put anyone off they're not, not gonna cause world war three and exactly you know, direct, yeah. clinical director is gonna come yeah. find you it's like what, what have you done <laughs> often often the best qi projects in the audits are the ones that cause the most fuss but um you know, if you're just doing it for the points on your application, it's best to just keep it simple. I think that's good advice. And obviously pre- presenting it. I think you get points for presenting it regionally or nationally, don't you? Yeah, you do. Yeah. You do. yeah. And get evidence for that. We spoke we spoke last time about this girl where she presented it at the Welsh conference and counted it as a national conference. And they said, no, it's not because it's just Wales. And Wales isn't a country. <laughs> it's still so funny, like. One other thing with the evidence thing is, oh, um, make sure whatever you do, get someone to write it down that you've done it. I think that's the other thing, because um, like you, you'll do all this stuff throughout F1, F2, whatever, and you won't remember it. But if you literally just get a signed form from a consultant to say you've done it, because I think that's what they're looking for nowadays. Yeah, and write really- the letter yourself. 
Yeah, I, I would give this advice because the consultants don't want to write the letter, so they won't. They'll put it off and they won't do it. And yeah. also, though, if they do it, they'll do it wrong because the the CST. If you look through that, um, what they call the, the wording. Handbook, yeah. They're they're looking for very specific they to have wedding. led yeah. and design the audit <laughs> and uh, come up with a positive impact or something. So you want to write that in the letter and then just get exactly exactly and and then it makes their life easier as well. The consultant yeah. doing it because they, they can't be asked. They just want to just put that yeah signature done. And it could be your educational supervisor. You know they they that would be a good person to go to. It's for everything like conferences. You have to send so much evidence that you've been to the conference turned up at the conference, presented at the conference and evidence that you've like had it accepted and then presented it. It's really specific. It's just, it's so expensive. Like conferences, yes. money hand over fist. I went to the BS GBI. I had to pay 500 quid to go. I had two oral presentations, which you get four minutes of speaking time and one poster, which you're supposed to present for two minutes. So that worked out. I was paying 50 quid a minute to speak conference at the same time they've got medtronic when we smash in e-bars at 5k a pop like medtronic is sponsoring the food they're sponsoring this but why don't you just make medtronic pay like they've got enough money they're on the what's it called the the new york dow jones they're like one of the top fortune 250 companies they make millions and uh yeah you're charging trainees 500 quid to to present for 10 minutes it's just stuff like that that really really like really grinds my gears and it's the same for you guys. Like, I'm in special training. I need to do this. But for you, trying to get in, and you have to fork out this cash and stuff, it just does my own. I think that is one of the unique things with surgical training, though. Um, other specialties don't have it as bad. Yeah. We, we, we have to fork out a lot of money, especially courses yeah. and yeah. Um, things like that. It, and it, 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 yeah, it does feel a bit like pay-to-win, almost. Yeah. yeah. You know, especially like, you know, you know, if you guys ever play FIFA or something, you know, you... Oh, you like, pay for the players. I pay know. for the players. You got, you know, you you, yeah. you go. You, you're, I, I'm never pay for anything. So, like, I got against this probably like five year old who's like forked out their dad's credit card, and they just got like <laughs> the 100 rated Mbappe out front, and I'm just there like, oh god, <laughs> with, with, like, how can I win? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, this feels a lot like core training. <laughs> <laughs> I never actually thought it was pay to win, but it feels like that. Mm-hmm. It brings back like courses. Bloody hell, like ATLS. It's like, I don't know, 400, 500 quid, and then there's a two year waiting list for it. What? I mean, I thought it's like seven, eight hundred quid. That's yeah. mad. Yeah, I was going to say, we're It's also really difficult to get onto. Like, so difficult. I thought I should do it. Maybe I should do it. I didn't, I'm going to say this now. I hope no <laughs> negative repercussions come from this, but uh, <laughs> I spent two years working in a level one trauma center. Uh, being part of the first responder team, doing you know trauma things, trauma laparotomies and stuff, and uh, yeah, my ATLS expired like six years ago. <laughs> but it's like I just can't get on the course. Like, can you help me? And they're like, oh yeah, even our internal things booked. Up solid. So like, what are you supposed to do? It still counts, doesn't it? ATLS it counts as um, courses uh, now. Yeah, it just courses. counts as points. It's not necessary. Fine, fine. In fact, it was it wasn't necessary for my SD three. No, it was yeah. just necessary for um passing ALCP. training. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of our ALCP, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like what what are the co- but they're so expensive, yeah. aren't they? Even like basic surgical skills is yeah. I see, and then um crisp. I guess crisp aren't they all oversubscribed now because of COVID? Yeah. 
Crisp, yeah. Crisp was one of the hardest to get onto, actually. Crisp was, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> what do you do then? Do you just think, like, when are you supposed to book these courses? Straight out of foundation. Like, straight out of med school, book Crisp. Is that is that the advice? Um, you basically harass people. Um, just email around. And find... I, I, I literally emailed weekly the course yeah. organisers. Every week I would email someone. And then I would literally say, is there a slot available? Because like, there'll be people who drop out like a week yeah. in advance and you'd, yeah. but you have to be super flexible so you'd be you should you'd, you'd have to be available to go potentially a week a weekend away that same week that you do an email to be yeah. like oh you know to whichever city to do the atls course but you got to submit your study leave application four weeks in advance oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't do you get so this annoyed me but so when i even though it makes it sound like it was all better um, it probably was. I didn't get study leave budget for courses for surgical training, so I had to self-fund BSS, ATLS. I did in foundation, I think. Do you? You don't get funding for that. You study budget. Um, you do get funding. Oh, you do. Okay, okay. Yeah. okay. It is. Th- th- that is a good thing. I mean, they're funded. It's quite difficult to access the funding. Yeah. It's a lot of paperwork and waiting around. You got to fork yeah. out the money first, and then they pay you back like two months later. Yeah. But um, that's one of the good things about being a core trainee is you, yeah. you get unlimited um study leave budget. Really? Within reason. Within yeah. reason. With it, yeah, it's, it, there's certain things count. Obviously, you can't <clears> just start <throat> spending it on random courses. But um, BSS, ATLS, and CRISP all definitely get um, oh. most conferences. I think if you go international, um, they'll only pay for your travel or your ticket, but not both. That's what mm-hmm. this is. What it's like in Northwest, anyway. Um. And yeah, the, uh, they don't they don't pay for your exams or any courses towards your exams, but they'll um, they pay for your travel to the exam, I think, and your hotel. It's not it's not a bad deal that actually. that's not bad. It's, um, it's just a bit of a hassle to access it. Lots of paperwork. Lots of paperwork. Yeah. Other things in the application and teaching. Oh yeah. Did you? That, yeah. yeah. Uh, they 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 kind of they they phrase this weirdly when I I don't know if the same in recent years but they wanted you to do national teaching you're like you couldn't just teach medical <laughs> students near you you had to do them far away was it the same yeah it's the same i don't yeah. know helen did they change it for you or? if you do a teaching program is what it is now and it had to be like more than a certain period of time as well so it couldn't be only like one session you'd have to have yeah, done like a teaching a regional teaching program gets you as many marks as like an international presentation Oh, that's it is doable that you can do like a weekly teaching for med students on zoom okay okay so you have some experience of setting one up don't you that's your uh... yes it turned out to be one of my little baby at one point i'm trying to re- resume it. it's basically something i'm called mrcs club um which is just like a little little informal teaching group where every fortnightly sessions we'd all rock up and uh, either registrar that would be there or just be core trainees and some foundation doctors and we'd all just go through some mrcs questions you're if you're in foundation how do you go about setting that up so the, the way i did this that's, i was this towards the end of f2 i set it up yeah and the way i did it is i i i'd done a few stints on surgery so i knew some of the registrars i knew who were which registrars were keen to teach I knew which core trainees were keen to teach. So I, you know, sent out like a mass email to them or contacted them in advance and said, I'm planning to set up a, um, a teaching, a virtual teaching session once a fortnight. Are you guys happy to just deliver a topic on the MLCS? And they all went, yeah, great, great. Let us know, you know, to the time. 
And then I then got the email for all of the foundation doctors. So I'd be that annoying person who'd send a spam email to all junior doctors across the hospital <laughs> saying that I have now set up this teaching club. Um, come join us at this time. Here is the Zoom link, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Initially, we only had about two people turn up. So I included me and the registrar. So that was, but then afterwards it got a bit more popular. More people came <clears throat> and it's, it's, it's just about. I think knowing what people, you know, what, what where the gap is, what people, what, what kind of topics they want to be taught on. Um, and then, so then it then became a club where it wasn't just about MLCS, passing the MLCS. It was more just like a, uh, like a, a near peer support group for, to help people get into core training, to help get into core surgical training and, 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 and whatnot. I sent it out to doctors at the other hospitals across site. Um, and I managed to get them on board as well. And, and because it was virtual, it didn't make everyone's life easier because then you had doctors from that hospital coming in and then, then it became regional teaching. How, how do you juggle doing this around? Uh, you, know, you know what I mean? It is quite a difficult <laughs> thing. I don't have to- it is, yeah. I think it's organization. I, I mean, that's just it's an obvious answer, isn't it? But it was. Be, it just had to be super organized. It didn't mean that. I'd do like a shift on call and I'd then go do the teaching session. I'd be absolutely knackered trying to like keep my eyes open uh, or like making sure I'm consistently sending out the emails. You wouldn't set this up towards the middle of F1 or, or beginning of F2 when you're starting your applications for CST, for example. Yeah. You obviously had to get people involved. Did you feel that people you asked were quite willing and supportive? They were like quite keen? 100%. 100%. I think, I think people... If if they if you if they're passionate about their job, people will teach, and teaching is I think is just one of those things that needs to be more. It it should be second nature to us, regardless, especially as clinicians and as doctors. We all have a duty to teach. Do you want to know something interesting about the origin of the word doctor? It's my kernel of wisdom. I get them every <laughs> once in a while. So the word doctor comes from the Latin docere, which means I teach. And uh, the whole idea is the title doctor is bestowed to people who've done a PhD, a doctorate of philosophy, because they're able to teach the understanding and knowledge. And the reason we get the title is because it's an honorary title that's bestowed because it's felt that an undergraduate MBCHB is equivalent in gravitas to a full three-year BSc and a PhD. Yeah. Yeah. Our title literally means to teach. Absolutely. There we go. That's like the cabaret. Bit of entertainment, bit of laughs, some knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and then I pitched it to the um, to the training program director, the course surgical training program director. She was super impressed by it, and she actually, she then eventually went and put it up on the postgraduate website for education. Do you feel like you were well supported in doing it? No, no, <laughs> no. no, no, but. There, there was a registrar in ENT who was he, he pushed me to make the teaching club. He said, "Yes, this is a," and he did. He and he actually did the very first teaching session, and it was great. You know, um, again, not many people attended, but it was. You know, it was, it, you have to you have to kickstart these things somehow. You do these things, you may think, "Oh, well, it might be a waste of time," blah, blah, blah. but they do, it's all it's all character building. It's all portfolio. Like it does go on to portfolio, even if it doesn't go for core training. Other people will notice it. I think you also, um, you picked on, up on something earlier, which is you, you, you started kind of early mm. in sort of preparing for this because all, all these things, I mean, we talked about doing simple audits, but actually they still take quite a while. 
publications especially and teaching that they they don't happen um overnight and i think one of the slightly unfair things about the application is if you want to go into surgery you have to decide that reasonably early you have to really decide in medical school don't you um otherwise you won't get your portfolio up to scratch i don't think that's impossible to i know some people who have managed to kind of put together a portfolio um in foundation but i think if you are thinking about surgery for any medical students who are listening um then it's worth trying to get some of this stuff done a bit earlier um just in case you do put in an application because uh trying to get it done last minute is is very difficult yeah i think you said about like support i think it's quite good when you can find people at work and around that are supportive who will sort of take the time to sit you down with like a self-assessment and go through quite honestly and not sort of fob you off a bit but like go through and be like what have you done and what can you do to like make things better and they'll try and actually help you towards because if you look at it you kind of get a bit overwhelmed by it and think I'm going to have to like change the world and then get two points for it. But actually, if you sit down with people that have done it and actually look through some of the stuff that you get quite stressed about, like you need to get loads of publications. Actually, if you do, like you said, actually focus on something that's useful, like teaching, you'll get as many, if not more points for that. So finding good people that can help is always good. Find find a partner in crime. Do the audits together. Do the research together, and you and you, yeah, will, yeah. you will succeed. You know, you will if you find that like-minded person, it helps significantly. Moving on, because we we talked a bit about the interview and, and how fun that is preferencing you've got your offer <laughs> and they send you this delightful excel sheet well, it's not even an excel sheet is it i think they, they did give you an excel version you can download it off oreo onto That's excel yeah. of 600 posts over 600 places <laughs> i honestly I, I i i realized how bad my geography was of, of britain when I, when I was going through that I, some of these places i had no idea where they were it's, it's quite a sort of uh big decision i mean it's two years yeah it's different for different people i know like certain people have got like lives that Mm. they're sort of i can't really move so do it by geography and location but it is quite but even in the geography and location like particularly like yorkshire the jobs are all over the place like it's months in Leeds, six months in Hull, six months in Scarborough. And it is sad. It is very sad. Like, have you seen those hostel accommodations? Goodness. <laughs> horrible. And I know it's going to happen to me one day. Like, it's, it's, you know, I will end up probably having to spend six months in some dingy hostel accommodation. It's just like, ugh. I've been in someone. It has literally on the taps, like, run the taps. Warning, leave Nella. Have <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm not going to name the hospital, but have any have you ever seen um, Shawshank Redemption? <laughs> yeah, I ended up staying in a room once where someone had carved something in the floor, <laughs> and it was like that one where Brooks was here. You know, the guy who hangs himself. It was just like oh I really gained like the vibe that someone actually hung themselves in this room. The sooner I get out of here, the better. But I did it. I in preferencing, I went through the 
I don't know. I I didn't really want to move. So yeah. I did it kind of location for two bits and then the jobs, top jobs of each of those two in like the top bit and then anywhere else, basically. See, see, I was the opposite. I, I was in Southampton for my foundation and all I knew was I kind of just want to move. Uh, I've got two years. I can go anywhere. Um, I can always come back at the end. You know, I'll just try somewhere new. And bear in mind, I, you know, studied in Plymouth, which is like the most south you can get. I regarded Luton as the north. And, so, <laughs> I, and then my girlfriend, who's now my wife, was like, you know, I'll, I'll come wherever you're going. So, you know, just pick somewhere in the UK and we'll go. And I was like, right, pack your bags, we're going to Liverpool. <laughs> so, so I've ended up here. And actually, it's been a great experience. Like, but that was an experience. What language do they speak here? Best <laughs> yeah. language. That's the language. That yeah, no, no. A lot of love for Liverpool. A lot of love. Uh, I'm not even shy about it. Love it. No sort of logic towards it. But, you know, now I've got like a family and everything. Location is very important. And I imagine if that was a factor two years ago, that would have made it very difficult. But we've got all doom and gloom now. But they were like slightly depressed. <laughs> this is <laughs> Why don't we bring it back to some happy notes, right? Queso and Helen, what made you think, you know what, this is for me, I want to do this? Actually, in F1 and F2, actually being a medic, the jobs that I enjoyed the most are all the surgical jobs. It's just the people and the type of work that you're doing when you compare it to other jobs that you do. It's just a lot more enjoyable. I like the pace of it. I don't think I have one specific aha moment. Obviously, we know each other on a personal level. And I didn't know that you were interested in surgery in the sense that you perhaps didn't flaunt it around. What do you think convinced you to do it in foundation, you know, to go for it, to take the plunge? I suppose the type of people that I was working with were very supportive and encouraging, which was very nice. And I think that having that sort of people being like, yeah, you can do this, is always a positive thing. But you're right, I never really sort of floated it around or shoved it down anyone's throats. That The main reason I ask is that it's not that I'm surprised that you did it, but I am I am pleased that you felt motivated enough to do it. Does that make sense? It is quite a commitment, I guess. But actually, once you've done it, I'm happy that I've done it. And I think it will be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. It will be fine. I am. Um, I, I, I was a bit like Helen as well. Like throughout med school, I've always wanted to do like first beginning of med school, I wanted to do surgery. But then I don't know why I had this. I, I looked at surgeons as like these gods, and I was like, I don't think I'm good enough to become a surgeon. Uh, but still in the back of my head, it was always like, oh, I really want to do surgery. And then I did my second rotation of F1 was urology, which was. I think that's where kind of my re- interest reignited uh, back into surgery. I was like, oh, this is, this is really cool. You know? But this one of the core trainees actually sat me down and he went, okay, so look, you've got a year and this year you need to do your MRCS. You need to just complete a close audit. See if you can get a case report published. That should get you enough points to get an interview. And I actually did that in that space of a year. I managed to like just scrape an interview. And then unfortunately I failed the interview. <laughs> and that's why I got a teaching fellow job and then I got in. But the aha moment was, um, it was, I think, 
during COVID or after COVID, after the first wave of COVID, or still on surgery. Well, I think it was just before I was on Gen Surge and I got into um, managed to get into theatres. And I remember we were in like a doing a right hemi or something like, like an open right hemi, and I was in there for a good four hours. And I remember like they got me to do stuff, you know, cutting whatever, got to staple. And I remember at the end of the four hours, time had just flown by. I was like, this is like. When you're in theatres, time is non-existent. You're just so focused on what you're doing in front of you then and there that it's all just like, and I love that. I love that sensation, that feeling of like pure concentration focus is required then and there to be able to do what you can. And that's when I was like, yeah, I need to do this. How, how do you feel it lives up to your expectations? So um, the one very important piece of advice, don't pick a job on what you enjoy the most about it. Pick a job that you're happy to put up with the most shit and still be able to go back to work again. I am happy to put up with the other crap that comes with it because I know that there is that to look forward to. I I knew kind of what I was getting myself into. I knew it wasn't going to be the glory land like everyone makes it out to be. But, you know, I'd still do it again. Try and be organised. Despite not looking like I'm very organised half the time, I do have, like, deadlines written down for all the stuff. When it has to be in by and think about it early. It's the same every year. The deadlines for applications are like not that far into your first jobs as F2. Just try and get into theatre. If you've got surgical jobs, it's obviously easier to get into theatre and get your logbook started because that counts for quite a few marks. Find good, kind, supportive registrars who can help you with projects and then help you with conferences and things like that. But that's probably the best advice. Just try and find people who are genuinely one hundred percent. Yeah, I yeah. I'll vouch for that. Yeah, I think that last point, especially F- yeah. find a support network. Not just you mentioned registrars, but also if you've got a consultant, yeah, you can your mentor help you sign off things, get yeah, projects, and then also people at your level as well. Yeah. And I think at your level as well, yeah, because I've done it with yeah. one of the F twos who is in the same job, um, and we've both got jobs this year next year um and we've helped each other surround yourself with the right people mm-hmm.